we don't practice sitting meditation like Zen tradition. Daily living is our practice because we don't have to sit to practice. But in daily lives, we'll be mindful of Buddha's working of wisdom. That is our practice. This is In Good Faith, listening to first person experiences of faith and belief. On In Good Faith, it's our privilege to hear stories and accounts from believers told in their own words. Our hope is to listen with an open heart, celebrating the power of faith and belief and what those stories mean to the ones who tell them. I'm speaking in good faith today with Reverend Yuki Sugahara, the priest here at the Oregon Buddhist Temple in Portland, Oregon. But originally, you are from not far from Hiroshima in Japan, I believe. Uh, tell me where you're from. I'm from Shimane Prefecture, that's north of Hiroshima, and a really small prefecture compared to major city like Tokyo or Osaka. Before we ask about some of your personal experience, I'd like to talk about the tradition of Japanese Buddhism, especially the particular discipline that you follow here at this temple, Jodo Shinshu. And what does that mean? Jodo means pure land. Shinshu means true essence. So our school's name means true essence of the pure land way. So Buddhism begins in what today is India, travels to China, comes through Korea and to Japan. How long has that kind of Buddhism been in the U.S.? Do you know when it first arrived? So our denomination, Jodo Shinshu, arrived to the United States 1898, officially. Before that, we had people from Japan immigrated to the United States and then uh, they had home gathering, but they didn't have priests. So they sent requests to Japan, uh, head temple in Kyoto, to send ministers to the United States. And then we started the temples in the United States, mainland United States, in 1898. So state of Hawaii, around that time, it wasn't still the state of Hawaii, right? So they had ministers or the temple a little before mainland. In your biography, I read that both of your parents were from temple families. What does that mean? So Japanese Buddhism is usually kind of a family tradition. So my parents, my father is minister, my grandpa is minister, my mother's from temple, and her father was also the minister, and her grandpa was also the minister. So, you know, it's a kind of generational thing. My home temple, my father's side, have over 380 years of history of being a minister's family. So I'm supposed to be the 15th generation of minister's family at my home temple. But you studied political science. Was that <laughs> instead of becoming a minister? Was that the original plan? So that's actually an interesting thing in Japan. Most of the children of the temple priests, they don't want to be the priest. <laughs> <laughs> so they study something else or uh, they try to be something else. But at the end, you know, they end up being the minister. I studied political science because of my experience as Rotary Exchange students to Rochester, New York. That made me think about a connection of the world and the people. So I wanted to be the translator at that time. So I studied political science at the university. But uh, because my mother passed away in 2001, 
that changed my plan, and I started to study Buddhism more seriously to become a priest. Even before you knew you were going to be a priest, or maybe you suspected, <laughs> since it was in the family, what were the earliest teachings that you remember, whether at home or at a temple, and learning? Uh, earliest teaching? Hmm. So in Japan, it's kind of custom to say itadakimasu. That means uh, I'm receiving the meal with gratitude before the meal. And gochisou sama deshita. That means uh, that was the feast. So thank you very much for this meal. That is at the end of the meal. That kind of appreciation was something I learned in the early stage of my life. And this feeling of appreciation comes from a Buddhist teaching, too. Are there any particular teachings that make your discipline separate in any way or, or different than some of the other Buddhist traditions? So, Jodo Shinshu in particularly, we don't practice sitting meditation like Zen tradition. Our practice is, I would say, daily living is our practice. So that's really different because we don't have to sit to practice. But in daily lives, we'll be mindful of uh, Buddha's working or Buddha's working of wisdom. That is our practice. Are there particular teachings or practices that you have in mind as you go through a day? So it's going to be a little bit long, probably. <laughs> but uh, the teaching we rely on is the teaching called the Larger Sutra. Uh, sutra is a collection or the message delivered by Shakyamuni Buddha, the historical Buddha. And the Larger Sutra talks about another Buddha named Amida. Amida is the Buddha of infinite light, infinite life. Then this Amida Buddha established vow before becoming Buddha to save all beings. To save all beings, the Amida Buddha established the working, that is the name Namo Amida Butsu. Namo Amida Butsu. And within this name Namo Amida Butsu, we receive the wisdom and compassion of Amida Buddha. So in daily lives, we always be mindful of this calling of Amida Buddha in Namo Amida Butsu. And we recite Namo Amida Butsu with humbleness and gratitude for Buddha's benevolence, for saving us from our delusional thinking or self-centered viewpoint. Before meeting you here at the temple in Portland, I watched, especially during COVID now, many different religions have had to put church online and put worship and practice online. And so you do lead chanting. Is there a short portion of a chant or a sutra that you could share with us? Uh, sure. Uh, one of the probably the short and melodious chanting is called San Bujo. San means three. Bujo means to request or call. So this is a three respectful calling to call upon Buddhas to come in to this place to get ready for the Dharma gathering. That is a San Bujo. So maybe it's going to be loud a little bit. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> okay.
Thank you. That's beautiful. So that's in preparation for worship. Usually, we chant this before、uh, at the beginning of the service at usual services. Yes. <laughs> Are most of your congregants do they speak Japanese?、Mm, no. Oregon Buddhist Temple, fifty percent is Japanese or Japanese American, and fifty percent is non-Japanese. And those who speaks Japanese is really few, and mostly we communicate with English. And the chants, what language is this? Chanting, it's written in Chinese, but we are pronouncing Chinese character in Japanese way. So. It's difficult to say, but、uh, <laughs> I would say it's Japanese. Yeah. I wonder if you could give me an example of how Buddhist teachings in your tradition might affect how you do things differently, just in everyday life, whether it's you or someone else in your congregation. Can you think of an example? So、uh, we often use the、uh, acronyms to express our teachings, and、uh, there is an acronym called GAS, G-A-S. That stands for greed, anger, and stupidity. Stupidity could be ignorance, but、uh, these three are called、uh, three poisons in Buddhism. And in our understanding, ordinary beings like me is always driving ourselves with this gas pedal. But can you imagine the car without brake? If we ha- only have gas pedal, we crash. We Hit someone or we hurt somebody, so we need brake pedal. And the teaching of Buddhism works or serves as the brake pedal of our mind. And brake is also the acronym to me. B, balance. R, rethinking. A, acceptance. K, kindness. And E is endurance. So these brake pedal works for me to slow down in our daily lives. So when I be greedy, as you mentioned, maybe I play music, and I have I don't know five bass guitars and two electric guitars, one acoustic guitar, two ukulele, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> many musical instruments. But still, I want to own more. That is my greed, right? I don't know. As a musician, I'm not sure you could have too many stringed instruments. <laughs> That's true. That's true, though. <laughs> But、uh, this is the greed I have, and as you mentioned, that's true. You know,、uh, we can have enough musical instrument as a musician. But for some people who doesn't play music, they may think I have too much. <laughs> But the Buddha's teaching serves as brake pedal, so you know. When I want to buy something new, the Buddha's teaching gives me working of R rethinking, and then, oh, I shouldn't buy, you know, <laughs> new one or something. That kind of minds appears in my mind because I encounter a Buddha's working. Famously, the Dalai Lama once said, "I'm not teaching you to become Buddhist. If you're a Christian, use what I'm teaching to become a better Christian, or whatever it might be." So there are some people who study Buddhism and those paths and truths in a secular way. But this is the Buddhist temple, and so there's a religious aspect. I'm wondering if you could talk to me about what is the divine to you, whether someone calls that God or a divine spirit, whatever that might be.、Hmm. 
So in our tradition, as I mentioned, we rely on the sutra called the Raja Sutra. That is a, a teaching delivered by Shakyamuni Buddha, historical Buddha. But this historical Buddha is talking about another Buddha named Amida Buddha. So Amida Buddha, I don't know if it's really right word to say divine, because Amida Buddha is not something superior, but Amida Buddha is some, some hmm, how do I say? <laughs> and maybe I could ask, a lot of people know the musical and, and the king, the king and I, and they show the king of Siam, now Thailand, as if praying to Buddha as a god, but I understand Buddha as a teacher. So is that correct that you're not looking at, at these teachers as a divine person, even though they may have those qualities? That's true. We see Buddha as teacher and we don't see Buddha as divine being. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Do you see divinity working in the world, answering prayers or guiding people? How does that work in the philosophy? Hmm, that's interesting and <laughs> difficult question to answer, maybe. But um, in our tradition, we are not praying to Amida Buddha, but Amida Buddha's working is already here. Then realizing the working of Amida Buddha uh, with, with gratitude, that is a kind of our understanding. So we don't pray, but we already have the working of Buddha. How should I say this? From a Christian background, mm-hmm. I'm used to praying to God I see, I see. and hoping to receive guidance mm. or that things may turn out a certain way. And sometimes I think, well, God may think, well, that's nice you're thinking that way, but I have better plans. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just have faith and I accept. But I still sometimes ask, you know, uh-huh. please watch over my grandchildren, those kind of things. I see. Are there things like that? Or is it a totally different mm. way of thinking? It may be depends on the tradition of Buddhism too, though. Our tradition, we don't pray to Buddha, but some tradition pray to Buddha for guidance or uh, for salvation. That is another school's teaching or way of understanding. But our tradition, Amida Buddha's working is always, always here. So it's more like realizing the working of Amida's wisdom. That is our practice and our daily lives. So we don't pray, but we already have the working. So realizing is more important, or realizing the working is kind of our practice. You and your wife are parents of a daughter and a son. I'm wondering how has being a father, being a parent, has that affected how you think about what you teach? I think so. When I was a child, I didn't know how much my parents, you know, how how many hardships my parents went through. <laughs> but becoming father of the parent of the children, I realized how much my parents did for me. So the lives with my children is also the realization of love, kindness, and a compassion of my parents. So as I mentioned, it's always the realization of these things. That is our daily lives. When I walked in this beautiful temple, one of the first things I noticed was the beautiful smell of incense Mm -hmm. that's still around us. What does that represent? Incense was used to uh, remove our smell from outside to be ready 
to listen to the teaching. That was the、uh, meaning of incense. Another meaning of the incense is to adorn Buddha. Adorn is the right word, right? Yeah. So,、uh, incense is used to adorn the Buddha.、Yeah. And I'm wondering what about being a minister brings you joy? I meet many people who have different opinions, and you know, having different opinions, that is a great thing. <laughs> you know. <laughs> In one of another sutras we rely on called Amida Sutra, in there it said, the realm of enlightenment, there are lotus flowers, like blue, yellow, red, white. These different colors of lotus flowers emit the radiance of lights, and it melts or becomes one without interrupting each other. So, In this world, our realm, we have different faiths, different religions, and different beliefs. But I think the Buddhist way of looking at these things is everybody is here and everybody has different opinions, but that's okay. We are eliminating each other to be more respectful and be more compassionate to each other. So, meeting many people, that brings me joy. Having grown up in the tradition in Japan and then coming to the US, what do you wish people in the US understood about your practice? <laughs> well, Buddhism is not only about meditation, but、uh, daily lives could be the practice. That is、uh, one thing I want to mention. And Buddha's working or Buddha's wisdom, it's always here. So, be mindful of the working, realize it, and live with appreciation and humbleness. That is my hope. And I hope many people encounter this teaching in the United States and in the world. And hopefully, we are able to share this teaching with many people. Is there something I should ask you, but I don't know to ask you?、Mm-hmm. Something else that you think would be important to share or you'd like to mention? So, I mentioned about Amida Buddha, and Amida Buddha, there are two. This might be really a little bit complicated, <laughs> but Amida Buddha, a true form of Amida Buddha, is true reality itself. So, no form, no color. So, the words cannot be described. But from this true reality itself manifested the form Amida Buddha. That is to reach to ordinary beings like me who have greed, anger, stupidity, or ignorance, <laughs> right? So that is the working of non discriminative wisdom to discriminative wisdom. And this non discriminative wisdom to discriminative wisdom is really important because in this world we use discriminative wisdom to distinguish people and things. But Non discriminative wisdom is the wisdom of total or absolute equality. So there are no differences of values among people and things. So Amida Buddha is a manifestation of that non discriminative wisdom that teaches us how we use discriminative wisdom to distinguish things and people. And then、uh, our relation to Amida Buddha is. Realizing we were using discriminative wisdom, but 
we have to rely on, or we have to entrust ourselves to the working of non-discriminative wisdom. You're still a young man, but in the years that you've been alive and paying attention to these teachings, are there things that you think differently about now than you did 15 years ago, 20 years ago? 20 years ago, I was more <laughs> aggressive. I don't know. <laughs> you hadn't put on the brakes yet. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I was uh, driving myself with gas pedal. <laughs> but now I feel more importance of the brake pedal. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Reverend Yuki Sugahara from the Oregon Buddhist Temple, thank you so much for speaking with me today in good faith. Yeah, thank you very much for having me here today. That's our time for today. Thanks to Reverend Yuki Sugahara of the Oregon Buddhist Temple in Portland, Oregon, for generously sharing his stories and his faith. In Good Faith is committed to the idea that we all benefit from hearing people of widely varying backgrounds share their personal experience with faith and belief. In fact, we think people with such experience deserve some of our best listening. Email us at ingoodfaith at byu.edu. And if you enjoy the show, be sure you leave a comment or a review where you get your podcasts. Help spread the word. All of our episodes are online at byuradio.org slash ingoodfaith. Our Twitter feed is at ingoodfaithbyu. In Good Faith is a production of BYU Radio. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. I hope you'll join me again soon right here in Good Faith.
Mmm.